Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. episode 532 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcast. I'm Todd, along with Joe. How are we doing today, Joe? For some reason, I think I forgot to say that last week. Yeah. You want me to say it twice every week so we can get it the right amount every year? No. Eventually, this show is going to be me just clipping up old podcasts ah. and piecing together the show that I want it to be. Okay. Am I are you gonna put me in charge of it using my ringtone maker? No. Okay, good. That's all I care about. And also, uh anymore with the posi- even with the position my microphone is in mm-hmm. when we do the beginning where I know where to cut, you know? Right. I take my hands off the desk and I remain as still as I can. <laughs> Because the microphone, it is an old microphone. We've had these microphones for a long time. You know what I mean? They're still holding up. They're war horses, if you will. Right. They're yetis, aren't they? They're yetes, yes. Right. No relation to the thermoses, I believe, though. No. Because I just bought a, a yeti thermos, so I was wondering if I have, like, you know, synchronous. Yeah, I have a fancy yeti uh, coffee mug as well. It's real good. Ah, good. Not a sponsor but, of the show, by the way. No, no. Uh, but I have to remain perfectly still because, like, even, like, the slightest of rustling, <laughs> the microphone picks it up and then it makes, like, that little pause just unclean enough that it gives me agita, you know? Oh, I know how you are and how much you have your agita over stuff like that. Yes. Mm. So enough about me, Todd. What's on the show today? In news, we have the fate of the WB 2021 movie slate. Um, a newer comic character gets a TV push. What's next for one of my favorite writers and the return of a fan favorite, the, the Rob watch also a return uh, slightly of con news, as I always say, or news about cons, uh, free digital books and sales. What we read last week, which was Batman Catwoman number one and the King in black number one. What we're looking forward to this week, which is all tied up, Joe, as we're closing on the end. It gets tense. It's getting tense. Um, Also, an art attack and spoiler-filled talk of the latest episode of Mandalorian at the end. A robust art attack this week. Oh, people are just art attacking all over the place. All right. I'm glad uh, they're churning them out and sharing them and everything else. Right. It's catching on. The kids love the art attacks, Joe. So the biggest news, I would say, is not just comic book news, not just comic book movie news, but, like, media news, Mm -hmm. is that Warner Brothers has officially announced that all of their 2021 slated films will be released in theaters, alongside of them being released on HBO Max as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And where that hits us specifically would be the Suicide Squad. And that's it. Wonder Woman. <laughs> one more? What is the other one I'm missing? Wonder Woman. Oh, well, yeah, okay. So Wonder Woman's like this year, but not. Okay, yes, right. yes, yes. But the one that's going to hurt my soul, if they do do it, is Godzilla versus King Kong, which is not comic related. Kind of, sort of. But 
who wants to see Godzilla fight? If you're a Godzilla and a King Kong fan, who wants to see them fight on your 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 you know your TV set? You want to see that in the movies. But I was actually shocked about like you know all of this is going to be streaming at the same time. Uh, you know they're they're going to be in theaters. So what I so from what I understand with this is, um, this is the current plan. Plans mm-hmm. can change depending right. on how much the rest of the free world opens up more completely as we get more into the summer and late summer. Right. But as is my understanding, those movies are only going to be on like it's not like so. Wonder Woman comes out December twenty fifth, and then it's just on HBO in in perpetuity. No, it's only right. on there for a month. Right. And that's what all the other movies are going to be. They're just going to be on there for the, like, whatever the release date in the theaters is, they're on HBO Max for a month. And then if you want to see them after that, go to the movies. Right. If they're still there. If they're still there. If you even had a theater that's open in your area anyway. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Josh about this and he was like, I don't know, man. I think this is going to be the way it's going to be now. Like they're going to release stuff on, on streaming when they do it in the movies or like, who knows? And I'm like, it's going to like, I firmly believe once things get back to normal and there's vaccines and like, whatever, um, that it's going to go back to the old way, whether a lot of these cinemas are closed down, there will people that will that'll swoop right in. There'll be, you know, multimillionaire corporations that'll swoop right in and open up these cinemas that have been sitting closed that nobody's using, but it's going to go back because I don't see the way you can make the money from streaming TV movies or movies on TV, the way you make them on the big screen. Unless like people are like, Oh, I just hate movies now. I don't want to go. But like literally if you wanted to, which I wouldn't recommend in these trying times, uh, to to have ten people watch a movie at your house when you have HBO Max, you know that's ten people. That's that's at least fifteen bucks a piece. That's one hundred and fifty dollars. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't see it staying this way forever, as far as I'm concerned. Well, a couple things about that. So this is what Warner Brothers is doing, and they're the first ones to kind of make that push. Okay. Uh, there's only a few more major movie studios that are doing uh, that are really out there that kind of put out any sort of big movies. Um, I don't know if you saw Christopher Nolan kind of came out against this. Yep. And, you know, he was kind of involved with the Batman movies, a bunch of other things. Uh, he is big on the theater going experience, and I could certainly see him going to. Um, some other studio other than Warner Brothers, a studio that's going to say, okay, well, we guarantee we're definitely going to do just theaters and then eventually home releases and so on and so forth instead of this hybrid model, if you want to call it that. Um, What I could more so see happening is a lot of these other studios that are not Warner Brothers making a decision of, okay, you, Todd, mentioned the fact of the money. And obviously that's what everything comes down to is money. Okay. Right. I think at least for the next, let's say three years, you're not going to see Avengers style blockbusters made like $200 million movies mm-hmm. just because this is the way the world is. Now, once we get to like a three to five year model and the world is, you know, finally returned back to a lengthy time of normal, then you're going to see kind of things pop back up. But I could see maybe a pause or a hold on big, you know, $200 million, $300 million movies. 
Which, you know, to be honest, I think could be a good thing in movie making. Do you know what I mean? Uh Like, I think the emphasis on big budgets is too much. Like, I've seen some amazing movies, you know, with the with the shoestring budget. So that that could be good. But I mean, like you even said, like some of the uh, the people that are against it, and where you said like Nolan was involved, kind of with the Batman movie. Well, didn't he direct all three of them? He did. Okay, when you said kind of that threw me off. I'm like, am I thinking about a different Nolan? But um, like uh, the a lot of these movie companies that were going through Warner Brothers and stuff like that, like the King Kong and Godzilla one, I guess apparently they only got like 90 minutes worth of notice before this announcement came down, and they're not happy. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, like you said, because the, the quote always that I always loved in sports was when they say it's not about the money, it's it's about the money or the answer to all your questions is it's about the money. So we'll we'll see. I, I want to see where it goes. But did you also see who's the director of Wonder Woman? Patty Jenkins? Yes. And Gal Gadot. Did you see they got a big bonus to promote uh, HBO Max about all this? How great of an idea it was? No. Um, apparently through some, like a couple of, uh, sites I saw, it looks like, cause they're supposed to get a bonus, I guess, for the movies coming out. I'm not 100% sure on, on this part, but I guess they got paid some, some bucks. If you, you like, cause you saw Gal Gadot, like how great on Twitter, like it's going to be, I guess they got some pay, you know, some payola to do all that. And, uh, a lot of these other movies aren't going to get that kind of shine. So we'll see. Uh, that that seems to be like a, some of the other reasons that some of these are mad. They're like, yeah, well, we're not going to get the push that you get like with Wonder Woman 1984. So I'm completely confused by all this. I just know we'll probably be watching Wonder Woman around Christmas. Well, I'll say this. You know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago um, and how our local Megaplex or whatever is open. And they were doing the gimmick where you rent the theater out for $100 or $150 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman's at regular seating. Okay. So, you know, the way that it works is you, you know, obviously they're recommending, well, okay, so they're requiring you to buy your tickets in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it says, sec- select as many seats as you want. We will automatically block empty seats adjacent to your section. All rows in the auditorium are already six feet apart. So when you click on ass seat, right? Mm-hmm it automatically kicks out the two seats next to you. Like okay. those two seats are not going to be sold. Let's say you have five people in your group. Okay. Mm-hmm. When I click out my five people, it's still kicking out two seats on the end. Okay. So if you're coming with a group of people, you've got the six feet front and back and you've got two, two seats on either two seats on either side. Right. And then there's a maximum amount of people they can have in the theater. Right. Right. I'm going to assume you know, if, um, and again, I, I'm not even sure how that would work. Like, they still have, like, the full breadth of the auditorium in there. But you have to think, you know, unless people are going to go on here and, like, try to kick out an entire row for themselves. Mm-hmm. See, and then scalp I- those tickets, which I don't think is going to happen. No. Okay, now it says you can only select 10 seats per person. Mm-hmm. Or for a showtime, right? So if we're looking at that, I'm going to guess 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. They're going to put 110 people max in this theater. 
And that's the absolute max that see, I can see I, them putting in this theater that currently seats however many people that it does. See, I liked when they had the idea of that you could just rent the whole theater for 150 bucks. Yeah. And then you could only let in 20 people. Because if that was available, I would literally, with my own money, buy out the theater and then hand pick like ro- like royalty like handing out decrees like b- here's your boon you get to go to Wonder Woman with me you want to give me some money like give me you know the money that the ticket and that way I know who's going I would do that in a heartbeat uh, but to go like with the way that you're talking about that seems way too crowded for my tastes right I get you um, but I'm just like I know when we had talked about this initially I'm like oh we're gonna check a little bit closer because when I checked a couple weeks ago. It wasn't giving you the option for Wonder Woman, but now they are. Mm-hmm. But it's not renting out the whole theater, theater. you know? Right. Because yeah. people are getting rambunctious now, Joe. They want to go out. Yeah. Keep Christmas with you. I don't know. We'll have to talk about that. Yep. All right. So good luck to Warner Brothers. Good luck to everyone else. Speaking of Warner Brothers and speaking of their television networks, it was announced uh, that Ava DuVernay, uh, who does what they see uh, when they see us, she's also doing the New Gods movie, but apparently she's also going to be doing a TV show based on Naomi, the Ooh. Brian Michael Bendis book from the Wonder Comics line from DC. Mm-hmm. So this book had some steam initially. Right. And now the fact that they're going to make it into a TV show, it's like triple steam. Right. I think it would have even like bigger steam if it was a movie, but that's the, that was the, the kick in the butt it needed too, right? Right. And again, I didn't look in to see what the, the book is going at, but I assume it's probably doing Daredevil 25 numbers. Right. Uh, you know, I don't know. We talk about hot books. We talk about shows. It was very, it was one of the, you know, outside of Wonder Twins, it was one of the better Wonder comic books. Uh, it was a, the first time DC has introduced a new character that wasn't like Batman adjacent in 30 years, maybe. Yeah. At the, at the closest you could say it was maybe Superman adjacent because Uh like that was, that was part of the line, which, like, and if anybody knows anything, like, with the years that it, DC switched from Superman-centric to Batman-centric. But, uh, yeah, I, I just find it interesting that, like, they anytime that there is a new character that's not, you know, some orphan kid that's fighting crime in Gotham. Yep. So. Wish I bought it so I could, you know, send, you know, retire on those Naomi issues. Mm-hmm. You ended up picking them up, didn't you? I did. Did you sell them? No. Getting them slabbed, putting in those no. plastic coffins, Joe? I actually had someone contact me over the weekend uh, saying <laughs> that they know I'm not a slabbing person. But what do they recommend with the slabbing? And I told them, you know. You told them I what? said, I said, first of all, don't do it. Right. Secondly, I said, uh, look at what you have. Look at how much it costs to do it. And then look at if what you have is actually going to be worth the price of the price and the time of you going to do it. Or uh, if it's a very emotional book, then maybe. 
Right. And I said, you know, cards currently are a little bit different than comic books, but, you know, it's a similar grading, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you put... Uh, I, I'm, I hear stories that of people that were sending cards out to be graded that it was taking them like six to eight months to get their books back or their cards Card. back, right? Well, that's the same way with comics, man. There's a long time to get your slab books back. Right. So that's the other thing is what's hot today may not be hot in six to eight months. <laughs> right. But if you if you guess, Joe, if you speculate and get it slabbed now, get everything slabbed, Right, so this is a lot of older books. Oh, okay. And I say older books, you know, like 80s, 90s stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I go, don't, I go and look at, like, prices on eBay, look at prices on other sites of see what they sold for, you know, and, like, weigh that, like, what you could sell it for unslabbed versus what it's selling for slabbed, what it costs you to to sell, you know, to get it slabbed. And then if you could look to see it, like maybe historical data, like look at like the last like 60 days, 90 days, 120 days of like if there's like been spikes in the book or dips in the book, mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Like if it's it's trending up, you know, then maybe do it. If it's trending down or staying steady, you know, make your decisions there. It's too much work, man. That's why I don't do it. Right, and that's the thing. Like, I could probably grab those those five copies of Naomi, flip them, you know, and get like triple what I paid for them at a cover price of three ninety nine. You know, mm-hmm. but I'm okay with them just being in my collection. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, I don't know. I I can't. I I, I can't do it. Like, I've had copies of stuff that people were like, "Well, why don't you you get it slab?" And I was like, uh, "I don't know." Like. First appearance, I have like the first appearance of John Constantine in Swamp Thing. I have the first appearance of uh, Deathstroke in uh, Teen Titans. And like I took them to shot because I knew like they were they were nice. And they were like, oh, you have two really nice copies. Like you have like around your Titans run, your Swamp Thing run. I have some reader copies and some nice copies. But of the two key issues, you're really nice. And like, oh, I could see, you know, a 9-6 at least for this one. I'm like. And then they were like, oh, if you don't do it now, later, it's just going to be more because the, they they charge you by, you know, what the book is worth. So the more it goes up, the more they charge you to grant. I'm like, and as I always say, that's a lot of work to do something to make a book worth more when I'm never going to sell it. You know what I mean? Like, because these are the books that are good. Like, if... if if tomorrow all the crap in my collection was worth a lot of money that I didn't care for, I'd get it all CGCs and sold. But yeah. it just seems like all the stuff you really care about is, you know, and it's a lot of work to putting in that I'm going to keep it anyway. So I might as well just keep it in a bag and a board in my boxes. That was my rant there. I'm done. Okay. So, uh, last but not least in the news section, uh, Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo of the current Suicide Squad book that just wrapped up. Uh, They announced that they are going to be having a new DC project coming out here in the near future. Mm -hmm. Now I say near future because it's not Suicide Squad like we had speculated because the March 2021 solicitations are starting to roll out. And there is a new Suicide Squad book. But it looks more like what the Suicide Squad movie is going to be as opposed to what the 
uh, you know, existing book that Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo were doing, which is fine. I think that's by Robbie Williamson. Is that? I think so. Okay. So, you know, I'm okay in letting that one slide, but I, I got my eyes peeled for whatever this Tom Taylor Redondo thing is. I'm sure it'll be a continuation of their Suicide Squad book under whatever the new name of their team was, which I forget right now. Revolutionaries. Right. It'll probably be Revolutionaries, I'm sure. Uh, but I'm glad they actually do have something in the pipeline. I'm just glad that they're not being shunted off to the side, which does happen from time to time at your biggest publishers. I agree. And I have a feeling that all this stuff, like they're talking about whatever, like the when we get the previews for the month after Future State, that all like all these new number ones are going to be in there. And that's why they, you know, they stop Suicide Squad and a lot of other books. So um, I'm I'm actually very curious about the next DC whatever you call it, because it's not previews anymore. But, you know, the slate of books that's going to come after Future State. So we'll see how the what creators they have and what books, like, you know, after the chopping block and everything. I'm Like I said, I'm really, really interested to see where it goes. But I'll buy that, whatever the Tom Taylor, uh, Bruno Redondo book is, regardless of what character it is. Right. Ask not for whom the Rob trolls. The Rob trolls for thee. The Rob Watch. So, Todd, that music can only mean one thing. And I've been living it for the last several months. But now I get to bring it back to the show because the Rob Watch is here, Todd. Ooh, welcome back. <laughs> I I hardly missed you because, I like I said, I've been living the Rob knee-deep with the podcast over the last several months. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, if you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out uh, Rob's Recaps, where I listen to Rob's podcast and report factually with no commentary of the things that the Rob says. That's right. And you understand him. Right. And this is made, this in turn has made me not a Rob apologist, but a Rob understander. <sighs> That's all I got. So it is official. 2021 is Deadpool's 30th birthday. The Robin been sharing some Deadpool sketcheroos he was doing <laughs> on uh, whatever social media accounts he's, you know, focusing on these days. And that is going to be in coinciding with March's Deadpool Nerdy 30 number one, uh, which be appears to be like a big one shot, whatever. Uh, Deadpool's third turning 30. We've assembled some of his classic storytellers to tell tales of Wade Wilson birthdays, past, present, and future. Uh, so on and so forth. And you've got, uh, Scotty Young, Kelly Thompson, Daniel Way, Fabian Nacenza, Joe Kelly, Jerry Dugan, and Brian Posehn listed as writers. Strangely, no Mark Wade or Gail Simone listed there. Of course, art by TBA, TBA. <laughs> uh, I highly doubt Rob will be doing in uh, interiors, but he is doing at least one, I'd guess maybe more, variant covers. Mm-hmm. And part of this anniversary, this rollout and this so forth, the Rob officially announced that for the month of January, 
on his podcast, he is going to be doing a five-part special of the origins of Deadpool. Oh, my God. I saw Deathstroke uh, Slade Wilson, and I did that, but slightly different. Now, Todd... Stretch that out to five parts? Okay, good luck now, with that. Now, Todd, as a The Rob understander, I will tell you that they are two completely different characters. See, Deadpool wears, like, tights, and Deathstroke, I know the names sound familiar, uh, wears chainmail armor. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they both use swords as their primary basis of attack, but Deadpool also uses guns. Okay. Uh, Deathstroke's color scheme is more of an orange and blue. Mm-hmm. Deadpool's color scheme is red and black. Mm-hmm. Just like if Spider-Man. Anything, Deadpool is a ripoff of Spider-Man more than Slade Wilson, the character's name that sounds strangely like Wade Wilson. But that's just coincidental. Todd, there's a thing that comic creators used to do back in the 70s and even the early 80s that were called echoes of other characters. Marvel would have the Imperial Guard be an echo of the Legion of Superheroes or or, or vice versa. Or Marvel would also have an echo of the Justice League and have the Squadron Supreme. And no one cried foul then. If there are any similarities between Deathstroke and Deadpool, it's just echoes of each other, Todd. Oh, my God. Uh, well, there you go, understanding them again. If you do not listen to the Rob's podcast and you are fascinated by the existence of the Rob, be, be sure to check out my Rob's re- recaps. Mm-hmm. Can't recommend it enough. <laughs> It's like a window into his madness. Oh, yeah, but uh, never mind. I'm not going to say anything. Uh, but I, I bring this up only because I think less than like six months ago, the Rob may have been like threatening, lo- or maybe like a year ago, may have been threatening lawsuit against Marvel mm-hmm. over rights issues with Deadpool. And I know he's publicly taken shots at the X office in recent months about um, that he's not coming to save X-Force again, not that anyone was asking him to. Right, right. So I'm sure this relationship with this major uh, publishing studio will go as swimmingly as all of the Rob's previous interactions with major pu- uh, publishing studios. I hope so. I won't be getting this book. Neither will I. Unless the Rob writes an... <laughs> Unless they redo the Joe Kelly, the Rob storyline that they did in like one of like the Deadpool's, like when Marvel was doing like the height of their legacy numberings mm-hmm. and they did like a Deadpool, like 900 or 1000 or something like that. Right. Did they work backwards? I forget how they did it. I think it was like they counted like Deadpool appearances. <sighs> it was it was some spacious logic. Right, you know? it, it was it was numbered every time Rob said something stupid. Oh, and then boy. And a 1,000, and they were like, oh, we can't go any higher. But anyway. But Joe Kelly wrote an issue that the Rob drew, and in the issue, Deadpool hijacked a van that had a giant foot on top of it. Mm-hmm. So the entire issue, Deadpool, like, the Rob had to draw 
at this one foot more than any other feet that he's ever drawn in his entire life. Right. And I feel as though Rob may have been in on the joke somewhat, but I feel as though that was more rib than joke. That's right. Give him an inch and they'll take a foot, Joe. So the one last bit of business that we have to discuss is also the return of convention news. I know it's a ways ways out, but just today, Baltimore officially announced that tickets are going on sale for their return October 22nd, 23rd, 24th of 2021. Mm-hmm. And I say that's very optimistic of them. And I say it's smart of them. Go because, ahead. Okay, I was wondering if, because I look at it as, you know, whatever. I don't have the timeline or know how things are going to work. But they're talking about, you know, vaccines at the early part of the year. Wh- why not stay, plant your flag in October and sell tickets that are that if everything goes sideways, like last year, they'll be able to cancel and refund. So if it can go you go if it doesn't go no harm no foul as we saw last year it's better to to plan the con and not be able to have it than not plan the con con and go oh we could have had it and missed out on all that wonderful money joe so i have no problem with it because if they don't if unless they do something stupid at the end of the year which they didn't do last year um i have no problems with with at least try like getting things getting your ducks in a row i have no problem I'm I just I'm just a little concerned, of course, that this is just a bit too optimistic this soon. Uh, I'm glad that they're that the the comic book convention that I love and that you love um, is the one making the move. But, you know, I don't know. It still feels a little uh, uh, maybe a little too soon. You know, that's all right. So we're not going. Well, I put the, I, I put the request in for days off of work for it, so we'll see if I get them. You know. Oh, is that when is your is that on the weekend or the around the, your kid's birthday? I know October is your kid's birthday. Right? No, no, it's after uh, his birthday. His I birthday know, that, is earlier. Yeah, his birthday is earlier in October. Because I know they put the kibosh on uh, a couple tries that you were supposed to go, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So if this goes there, yeah, let's go. You, me, and you road trip be great. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So all of this stuff, of course, uh, leads to the uh, show notes, soon to be named network, soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com. Uh, all the shows in the network, whether it be this show, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, uh, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, Wednesday Night War, uh, Final Wrestling Place, any of those shows go live. You can find them over at soon-to-be-named-network.com. Or if any of the folks from those shows appear on any other shows and they let me know, those will also appear over at soon-to-be-named-network.com. I'm going to be appearing on a podcast soon in the near future. It's going to be another d- wrestling draft show like I did for the Thanksgiving <laughs> special on At Odds. I can't. I can't tell you the name of the show because the people who are doing it apparently don't have a name of the show yet. I'm supposed to be recording it on Friday. All of these sentences, if you can't tell, have question marks after them. Right. But when I know, you'll know. Oh, I'm 
<laughs> text me instantly, Joe. As soon as you know, text me. Yes. Um, also, be sure to check out our local comic book store's Facebook page. That's where he does a lot of his commerce, business, correspondence, social media-ing. Uh, notifications of hot books to order now, the new releases, that sort of thing. And also, if you do not have a good uh, subscription-based comic book store in your area, our comic book shop in our area will mail them to your area. Mm -hmm. And they come with our highest recommendation. You might even get a dumb drawing on something. Right. My, oh, speaking of not dumb drawings, Todd, how dare you? Uh, our good friend Becky, uh, she does a bunch of those dumb drawings that Todd mentioned that aren't dumb. And she puts a lot of them up on her Instagram, uh, which we do link in the show as well. And apparently, us mentioning it last week got her a bunch of extra uh, people reaching out to her to do some work. That's the rumor that I heard. Yep. The, so, uh, the, the scuttlebutt, you know? Yeah, so we don't recommend bad things or bad people. Everyone that we do or deal with has the Todd and Joe stamp of approval. Not the Todd nod. That's special. That is. I only, I reserve that for the highest quality, but I will say they're not dumb drawings as in their dumb joke drawings. That's more what I was trying to say. Oh, okay. Okay. Cause she usually puts some terrible and by terrible, I mean, good pun or joke, you know, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Mm-hmm. Uh, listeners, friends, fans of the show, uh, who also do creative stuff, comic book or otherwise, Jason Sandberg's Jupiter, Chris Runt's Battle Monsters, both of those are linked up on their Comixology pages, buy them digitally, and, uh, Rick Williams' The Chop Shop, all of the resin stuff that he does, uh, go check out the stuff that he does there. These are just good people that we've dealt with, friends of the show and otherwise, um, and again, we're mentioning them on the show because they're good people, you know? Right. Uh, digital books and sales, there's a ton, of course. Holiday season, people are going to be looking to spend money on themselves <laughs> and others. Uh, a lot of the holdovers from last week uh, include Boom still having their World Wrestling Entertainment graphic novels on sale, Marvel having Vision and Scarlet Witch stuff on sale, IDW having Star Wars Adventures stuff on sale. Uh, now added to the list included Marvel having Silver Surfer stuff. Uh, Marvel also having Deadpool versus the Marvel Universe stuff. DC having a sale on events and miniseries is. Uh, I would, sh I'm assuming miniseries means Dark Knight Returns is included, but Batman <laughs> Year One is not. Oh no. Uh, Marvel also has Stormbreaker stuff. K Boom has stuff from their Kaboom line on sale, which is kind of their all ages stuff. Uh, Image has Spawn stuff on sale for reasons, I'm sure. Could be. And uh, Dynamite is having a sale on Red Sonia stuff. Ooh. Uh, Red Sonia has been a consistently really, really good book. Um, it's all, all just, it's not single issues. It's just like the trades and graphic novels and whatnots. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Gail Simone run from a couple years back is really, really good. That's right. I was actually shocked because you're not a, you know, a sword and sandals kind of guy, as you always say. So yeah. you love that book. And I was like, oh, that's that's got a sign that it's really good. But I don't think it's included in the sale, sadly. Oh, no. When it was read, I figured that would be, you know, that would be the cornerstone of a Red Sonya sale. 
Yeah, a lot of times I just grab, um, you know, the the listing, you know. Right, right. And then uh, go for you know, and I don't, or I don't, I grab like the sales, you know, and I don't look to see like what's included in it, you know. I just grab it and go. Okay. Um, I don't know. It looks like it's perennially on sale. Mm-hmm. Which is a good thing to do. Like you can buy. You know, it's outside of that, okay? <laughs> you could buy digitally the first six issues for 10 bucks, or you could buy the first 12 issues for 20 bucks. Okay. Um, but yeah, that uh, the Gail Simone run not included in this particular sale. I'm befuddled by that. That's uh, right. somebody dropped the ball. Uh, Dynamite, give me a call. Let me handle this too. I'm already, I'm already requesting to handle Marvel and DCs. Dynamite seems like a smaller pool to call from. That's right. That's easy. You could do that on your breaks between doing Marvels and DCs. That's right. Uh, but all the links to those will be in the show notes like they are with every episode of the show. Let's get into what we read from this past week. Todd, mm-hmm. where would you like to begin? Um, I'd like to start with the book I was looking forward to most, which is Batman Catwoman number one. Um, written by Tom King, art by Clay Mann. Um, this is basically a sequel to the Batman the Animated Series movie, Bat- Batman Mask of the Phantasm, be, uh, which is told, this issue is told at, like at multiple timelines kind of a thing, like but po- points in time, not timelines. But uh, it's basically uh, Andrea Beaumont, who was the mask, who was the phantasm in the cartoon, shows up to ask Bruce for a favor to help her find her son. Um, So Batman goes out, you know, tracking her down. So does him down. So does Catwoman. Um, While that's going on, there's a future uh, point in time where the Catwoman, which looks like it's from the Tom King annual, where. Batman was dying of of cancer and stuff like that. They were married and had kids and everything. He has passed away and she's going to visit an old friend and we find out like stuff about that to give him the information that Batman has passed away. Um I, I liked this issue. It was it was very interesting, but I do think that in doing it with the multiple time jumps back and forth that Tom King did himself a disservice because it was very I want to say confusing, but just kind of convoluted the way the the story flowed. I think he could have he could have done it better. And a couple of the decisions that he makes, like the cliffhanger at the end, I don't I think he's throwing us a red herring. Um, so we'll see. I enjoyed it, but I do have a theory on because it's set at Christmas because at one point they're doing Silent Night, which makes me wonder if the one of the reasons that the that this book got pushed back was not just because like Tinian took over Batman and there was the falling out, whatever that Tom King left, but that since this is taking place at Christmas in the story at some point that he needs these issues, these 12 issues to come out, like issue one in December issue two in January, kind of like his take, not only on the mask of the phantasm, but also the long Halloween, if you will. That's just a weird theory on my part. But I liked it. I think it could have been better if it didn't convolute itself at times. Let's heap one more problem on top of this. Mm -hmm. And that's this not coming out right after Tom King's run on the book. 
fair enough. Yes, because now you're out of sight, out of mind kind of a deal. Right. You've had no in between the end of Tom King's run and the beginning of this book. You've had no less than let's be generous and say three counting. You know, we're talking about Tinian's Batman run. We're talking about the current run of Detective and we're talking the Jeff Johns, uh, Jason Fabok, three Joker storylines. Right. Mm hmm. Like, that's not including, like, everything else that you could possibly include. If you want to include, like, the dark metal stuff as a Batman book, that's fine. But you've had three major books, Batman stories, come out in between the end of that, Tom King, and the beginning of this. Mm -hmm. You've had, at least timeline-wise, at least a year, maybe 16 months in between the two. Right. So there's no momentum to this book. They're attempting to sell another Batman Catwoman book, more so a Batman book. No offense to Catwoman, but listen, DC's a bat Batman company, right? Right. So you're trying to sell this in a glut of Batman-related stuff when you are the Batman company and you're putting out however many Batman books a month. And all the other things that you mentioned, you're telling three stories at once. It seems as though you're trying to do... A follow-up to your own story. You're trying to get echoes, if you will, with my joking about the Rob from earlier. Mm -hmm. You're trying to get echoes of Joker stories. You're trying to get echoes of Mask of the Phantasm, which has never been touched upon in, like, the mainstream DC universe. You're trying to get echoes of, like, long Halloween stuff. So you're doing all of this stuff, and it just feels like it's too much at once. Because of the time difference in between the release of that last issue and this issue... This issue should have been a little bit more easing into things mm -hmm. instead of giving us the three storylines and the Joker stuff and the mask of the phantasm stuff and the, this and the, that let's take one of those things. Right. Right. Maybe do a tease of the other two storylines. Maybe we introduce, uh, Andrea Beaumont at the end as a last page thing, as opposed to a first page thing. I just feel as though this book it needs to uh, so this book can't be late i don't think it will i think that was one of the things with the time that it's taken is clay man is probably all done with this book fingers crossed right but i would like to say as we're talking about mask of the phantasm um i finally did watch it for the first time between last week's episode and today oh uh, i have to, to cross that off my list now oh, i'm sorry go ahead um, to watch, uh, watch it. Um, and I will say, you know, cause I am, you know, we all love, uh, I, I think I could speak for you that love Batman, the animated series, but watching Batman, something Batman years later, um, and having a different mindset. I don't like Batman, the master of the phantasm, the way everybody does. And I actually have problems with the movie. Uh, like one of the things is like, uh, Andrea Beaumont, uh, is like, I'm, I'm the phantasm, which all right, it was spoiled for me. That doesn't bother me. Um, but like, oh, I have this costume that shoots smoke and I could just disappear when I want to like the Batman, but I, you know, don't really talk about you. I'm like, there's a lot of like explanations that just don't happen. And then on top of it, like we get an actual Joker, like who the Joker was before he became the Joker. That was another problem that I have, but I will say this, uh, uh, the Andrea should, sh is still above my people who should be with Bruce instead of Catwoman. It goes, oh, man. it goes Talia, now Andrea, 
then Catwoman, and the only guy for Catwoman is Slam Bradley. Those that's the rules, baby. I'd be hard pressed to disagree with that last one. I'll be honest with you, I haven't seen Mask of the Phantasm since it first came out at the mm-hmm. height of Batman the Animated Series popularity. And I can imagine it not holding up in 2020. Right. I mean, it was still good. It was fun to see something new that I hadn't seen. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. That's just my my hot take on it. So I knew you were worried, so I figured I'd tell you. I was. I was concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my book I was most looking forward to coming out this week was King in Black, number one, uh, written by Donnie Cates. Art by Ryan Stegman. This is, uh, we joke on the show, Countdown is 52, but better. <laughs> Joker's daughter is Harley Quinn, but better. Or like Punchline is Har- Joker's daughter, but better. Or whatever it done is. Right. It's done right. Done right. My apologies. Uh, this at least is starting out as absolute carnage done right. We... No, no. I agree with you 100%. Go ahead. Right. There's not tons of stuff that's bogging you down. If you're reading the Venom books, then you're kind of coming in at the ground floor. But they do the quickest synopsis to get you caught up of everything that you need to know, which isn't a ton of stuff. Mm -hmm. Null is coming. Eddie Brock told the Avengers... The Avengers have all these different things in place, including maybe one of their biggest guns of all, which the bassist was uh, hopefully not breaking his arm from patting himself on the back for that joke he made on Twitter six months ago. Right, you'll never play again. (laughs) But, you know, and you get very not surprising swerves in this book. Of things that are like, oh, I, I said this, you thought I meant this, I really meant this. Mm-hmm. And it's not so out of left field, it's like, okay, this lines up with everything that's been in these books. Right. And if you're new to this, you're just picking this up and you haven't been reading the Venom stuff, like, I'm sure that that was maybe a gut punch, I'm trying not to be spoilery here. Like, I'm sure it was a little bit of a gut punch, maybe a little bit of a su- surprise, but not so far out of the realm of what was built up in just this issue alone. Mm-hmm. I feel Um, as though Carnage is not as good as a villain as a lot of people think that he is. Yeah, I'm barely a Venom guy, so I'm even less a Carnage guy. Uh, I'm, you know, man, I'm not about Venom himself, man. I'm more about the man inside the symbiote, you know? (laughs) Um, But I think they have done a very good job of rehabilitating or Donnie Cates has done a very good job of rehabilitating Eddie Brock from being a one note character who's like, I want revenge on Spider-Man mm-hmm. to like being a little bit more deep of a character, building his own like little mythos for himself, a family and so forth. The relationship with the symbiote, of course, um, the symbiote has bounced around a little bit, but I think just in like the last two years that Donnie Cates has been on this book, he has made the venom symbiote stuff mean more. I agree. And I, and I all joking with the, the absolute carnage done. I just, I disliked absolute carnage all around. It was so clunky and you know, it was, it was basically venom and Spider-Man against a God. You know what I mean? Where now it's venom and Spider-Man and 
all the Marvel heroes against the gods. So that kind of works more for me. And like you said, coming out of the last couple issues of Venom, it's like they were on, which I think was the ultimate universe world or whatever. It seemed like um, where he was there for a little while and he comes back and we're just, and it's just like, boom, Noel's here. Here we go. You know, we're off to the races. Um, what is it? Uh, the Avengers try to stop Null, and, you know, they make him look strong. <laughs> just right. Like, they just put like the you're like okay, over big in the first issue. Yep, it, it just he, he makes it like puts him over. Just and I'm like okay, the, I I know this is gonna be what it is, and it was good, and I, I I really enjoyed it way more than I thought, and um and I'm with you. I've never like you know, you like the man inside the symbiote where I'm just like well, Venom's an echo of Bizarro <laughs> or Reverse Flash, so you know. And nobody said anything, but no. So, like, yeah, I'm not a Venom guy, but this this uh, crossover, or whatever this has, this has me hooked from the first issue, where none of the absolute carnage issues uh, had me hooked. So I'm looking, I'm looking forward to the rest of this. And I want to pull. I'm I'm pulling up the issue here. I know a lot of times you have them right at your fingertips, but bear I with me just right a here. second. Yeah. What do you need? Did you get the? Uh, did you get the one with Thing on the cover or Hulk? Did you see that? No, I. there was a spoiler variant. Uh, so I got the spoiler variant, which, which wasn't so much as a spoiler. Um, but I'm okay with it. I, I really like the cover. It just kind of looks funky and different, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I did get my tattoo with it. Oh, there was a tattoo? Yeah, there was a tattoo. ooh ha ooh uh-oh, I have to I have to talk with somebody. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe somebody can mail me one and put a dumb joke on it. <laughs> okay, so even further still, you have your bit at the back where it kind of explains a lot of the symbiote stuff that's been going on, like who Null is and where he fits in with all these other stuff, right? Right. It connects all the symbiote stuff you know, going pre-creation all the way up to 10 months ago, one month ago, etc. Mm-hmm. Do you really need all that stuff? Nah, not really. Uh, is it there for you? But in the back, they have the checklist as well of the stuff that you can or could get. For this run, you mean? Right, of what ties into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you got your Atlantis attacks, you got your Namor stuff, uh, you got a Black Cat book. And all this other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I like the fact that they give you this checklist in the back so you're prepared for what's coming. And a friend of mine, Ian, pointed out that when you see a lot of the Marvel characters that have a more prominent role in this storyline, as I mentioned before, your Black Cats, your Namors, your uh, Black Knights even, your Valkyries are making a return in this. It feels as though this may, and he's saying this in the most positive way, that this may have been an edict from up on high to say, like, hey, if and when we do the next phase of the Marvel movies, these are some of the characters that we're looking to introduce into the Marvel Cinematic. So, you know, if you want to put them in your book, your big company-wide crossover, by all means, go ahead. Right, and I'm looking at some of these. 
um, that, yeah, they, they uh, like, especially like Namor, they got him back recently uh-huh. and stuff like that. So I know definitely Black Cattle, pro- don't they, did they have a movie of her coming up or something like that? So she we'll see. Yeah. Late, but it was like one of those things where it was like, is she on the slate? Is she not on the slate? I think she was as tenuously on the sta- slate as a Gambit movie, if that makes any sense. Oh, oh, I remember when that Gambit movie, we were getting information about that every other day. Where is it now, Joe? Uh, somebody who's very high on things, uh, very much in the know, has a lot of friends in the business <laughs> said that we'll never see that Gambit movie. Oh, no. Well, then maybe we could just get a minute about him on the show here, but I highly doubt that. Right. So I, I think definitely wrapping it up, coming off the heels of the, you know, listen, I, I, I'll admit when I'm wrong, the utter disappointment that absolute carnage was that King and King and Black is starting off strong. Right, right. And if we see each other tomorrow to, to do stuff at the shop, remind me to get a tattoo or at least to stop my foot in a huff till I get a tattoo. <laughs> All right, so that's what we read this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com, every Tuesday around noon Eastern time, we put up the pull post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them sent to your home, however it is that you get your books, be forewarned, be forearmed, no jokes this week. Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. With, what, three shopping weeks left in this calendar year? Four, mm-hmm. I think, because this is one of those like weird five Wednesday months. Right. Uh, we are tied up. So it's as though the previous 48 weeks meant nothing. Right. And we attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Yes, sir. And I go first because I started the show. You do. Is the book you're looking forward to most crossover number two? It is crossover number two. And I think that is also the book you were most looking forward to coming out this week as well. It is. I thought maybe you would take DC's Very Merry Multiverse. No, I've I've been snake bitten at least six times. I'm like, oh, it's one of those holiday books. Todd loves those holiday books. That's definitely what it is. And it's what? like. No, the book I was picking this week was this random issue of Green Arrow. Yes, yes. Well, I would like to say <laughs> about these holiday books lately that I don't feel that they're the same. And I don't know if it's the nostalgia I have for the old books. But the fact that they're $9.99 now, the, the, the holiday books, and they're not just like, oh, here's an issue of The Flash that's a Christmas-themed book or Green Lantern, especially that one where – Hal Jordan yelled at Lar Fleas that Santa Claus doesn't exist. Still to this day, one of my favorite moments. Ugh. But uh, they just, it's its just no big names. All right, this one does have a Tom King story, but they're all tryout stories. And uh. they're usually for $9.99 more whiffs than hits. Where I used to be like, oh, well, this is an incontinuity Christmas story. Uh, I don't know. It just it just doesn't seem the same. And then obviously it's a merry holiday multiverse so it's not all christmas there's usually like only one or two christmas stories and then thanksgiving and new year's and kwanzaa and hanukkah and i'm like i just missed my christmas issues man that's that's all this 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 isn't this isn't a christmas issue this is a multi-holiday extravaganza which i'm fine with but i want my christmas issues sorry i needed i needed the floor there for a moment (laughs) 
I think DC's uh, holiday books have been on the downturn since they did that election election special four years ago. Yes, yes. Uh, that and they've been on the downturn since then. And you mentioned about how it's like a bunch of like fill-ins and tryouts and whatnots. Mm-hmm. It had to have been at least ten years ago, maybe, where Marvel did like an assistant editor's spectac- like two issues spectacular, right? Where it was just a bunch of different people's pitches. Mm. across two things but at least they advertised it as such mm-hmm. not as like some sort of whatever and I'm sure Marvel might be doing that still to this day and masquerading it I think there's a book that comes out that's called this week that's called Marvel at Home mm-hmm. and I'm sure it's like how your your favorite heroes are dealing with the pandemic and I'm sure there's a lot of like tryout and filler material that's jammed in there but I'll never know it because they're not trying to trick me that it's a Christmas book right right um, I guess I'm just an old softy, Joe. Yes. Some would call you Mr. Softy, but that's copyright uh, and gimmick infringement. As long as nobody calls me a creamy. Mm-hmm. Re- speaking of which, related but unrelated. Uh, for my dad's birthday last month, uh, we had gotten him a fudgy whale cake, right? Right. And my wife loved it. She's like, oh, my God, this this is like the best. I, like, this is the best Carvel I've ever had in my life, right? Mm-hmm. Carvel, not a sponsor. We toyed with it. They blew <laughs> us off. So, you know. Right. Uh, so she's like, oh, for Christmas this year, instead of get, making cookies, we should get Fudgy the Whale, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're familiar with Carvel, and this is very much After Dark talk, and, you know, hey, go listen, After Dark comes out at this Friday, uh, the food show. <laughs> Carvel only has, like, three pans, okay? Right, I thought they just had one pan and they spun things around. Okay, they have, well, they have three pans. They have, like, your normal square sheet cake pan. Mm-hmm. They have the cookie puss pan, and they have the fudgy the wheel pan. See, I thought the Cookie Puss and the Fudgy the Whale were just the same. No, 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 no. What so, was on its side. Right, so no, Cookie Puss, like, you turn it one of four different ways, Cookie Puss is something different, you turn Fudgy the Whale one of, like, several different ways, and he's something different. So it is okay. actually three different pans. Okay. So I looked up on Carville's site to see what offerings they had, and I had to show my kid the old-school Tom Carvel commercials. And wouldn't you know who won the pony? Turns like upside down. Fudgy the whale very easily becomes Santa Claus's head. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I miss the old uh, Tom Carvel. Hi, this is Tom Carvel for Carvel's ice cream. Get a get a cookie puss. Get a fudgy the whale. It sounds like that man was gargling broken glass and smoking since he was two. And I know we brought up Carvel on the show before, and I know I've definitely brought this up. Uh, Patton Oswalt does a bit about Tom Carvel and his act. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely worth going to look up because it's really funny. Um, talking about having a, <laughs> the cakes are so thick, you have to use Darth Vader's lightsaber to cut them. Oh, when they're frozen, frozen. <laughs> because the problem is, and this is like you said, after Dark Talk, when you get the cake from Carvel, they're not kept at like 32, like like below freezer temperature. But when you bring them home and put them in your freezer to stay, just like that's when you need a chainsaw. 
but I could, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I haven't had an ice cream cake, but uh, the last time I had ice cream cake, I was telling my friend's kids at a young age that they were ants in the middle and they were going crazy. So <laughs> we're eating ants. There's ants. Got them all sugared up and then sent them home with their mom. She was very happy with me. That's the way you do it. Mm-hmm. So while you're over at longboxheroes.com looking at past episodes of this show, past episodes of After Dark, if you want more hot food talk, hot and cold food talk, really, mm-hmm. um, you could find that there as well as everything that Todd and I have done together, including Todd and Joe have issues from 2017. We're going to bring that back maybe next year. What? Try to figure something out. Mm. Yeah, there might have been clues on Twitter this week. I don't know. <laughs> that I barely knew about. Uh, if you know what to look for, you can find it. Uh, anyway, so that's the thing that we'll be doing, of course. Uh, you can sign up for our Patreon as little as a dollar a month. You can get two extra shows a month from Todd and I. Uh, one discussing the previous catalog from 30 years ago that month. Uh, this year, we're wrapping up the films of Mel Brooks, and if you listen to After Dark this week, you'll see what won the voting for the 2021 movie poll that we'll be doing over on the Patreon. $5 and up a month, you get those two shows two weeks before everyone else, and you get After Dark uh, a couple days before everyone else. You can head over to our Tee Public store. I'm actually wearing... Uh, Wednesday Night War T Public Store shirt right now. Mm. I purchased as part of one of the sales that are going on. I think it's every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday in the month of December. Everything is 30% off. Uh, it it shipped very quickly. Uh, not unlike some other direct-to-garment uh, t-shirt retailers in the greater Midwest area that print their shirts on cardboard charge an arm and a leg and have terrible customer service yeah don't go to them go to t public or you can even contact me because i've got some nice shirts that were printed up by our good friends at the lvac i've got stickers i've got pins with our fancy logo on them ready to be shipped out to you for this holiday season and you can also help us out speaking of the holiday season by making any and all of your purchases through our amazon link at the top of the page at logboxheroes.com Go to your family members and change their bookmarks to our click-through. <laughs> They'll be helping us out without even realizing it because they don't get charged anything extra. Amazon calls it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Todd happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of the notable purchases uh, from the Amazon click-through this past week include somebody purchased a Toki Doki 2021 wall calendar. I just recently purchased our 2021 wall calendar. Uh, maybe this is how I will learn what a Fortnite is. Oh. Somebody also purchased the Gamera Complete Collection on Blu-ray. That's I'm happy for that person. Nothing like a rocket tortoise flying through the air. Uh, I, I, my only connection with Gamera is because those movies were public domain for a very long time. Mm. They were the basis of many a many Mystery Science Theater episode. So good. So it's very difficult for me to take Gamera seriously. Gamera, Gamera. We'll get into pronunciation of things a little bit later on. I have a feeling. Uh-oh. Somebody purchased the Hero Realms bundle, uh, Rune of Thundar plus character packs, which is some sort of like... 
tr- not trading card game, not collectible card game, but it's like a run of these like card games where everyone bases from like a big stack of cards and you shuffle them up for every time. Like I know there's a Marvel one, there's a DC one, and Hero Realms feels as though it's more like your swords and sandals, wizards and warriors sort of stuff. So I just thought that was a neat item. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody purchased uh, several Studio 10 Christmas print reusable uh, cloth face masks with a clear mouth window uh, to assist with lip reading and like like uh, you know like for deaf people and I'm like wow that's ingenious like I've never seen somebody with one of those you know really wow because I remember that was one of the big things like when the pandemic started was you know for people that are hard of hearing or or deaf that you know that they needed these and somebody was like mass uh, mass producing them and and you know sending them to where they were needed I I thought it was a great idea yeah so thank you very much for purchasing those through our link and then somebody also purchased the chef's choice cordless electric kettle mm. now i'll say this i saw people talking online about us yankees are just now finding out about the electric kettle that other countries specifically your british nations have been using for quite some time my wife is and has been a devotee of the electric kettle for many many years i don't even know what an electric kettle is you need hot water, Todd? Yes. Instead of just throwing it in the microwave in a cup and then you're burning your hand trying to get the cup out mm-hmm. or putting an actual kettle on the stove and then turning the stove on and then waiting or whatever, if you have the electric kettle, you fill it with water, you plug it in, you turn the switch, and like a minute later, it's just like boiling water. But this one's cordless? Yeah, so the one that we have is technically cordless because it goes on a charger, and I think that's what this one is too. But like, it's it it'll still boil off the charger for like however much time. I as as I think you know, I'm not a coffee guy. I don't like hot tea unless I have a, I'm sick or a sore throat. Um, so I don't do cocoa much because it's too sweet. Uh, I don't boil a lot of water. And now, if you could put pasta in that, does does that work? Uh, I don't know if you would put pasta in the kettle, mm-hmm. but I, I'm certain that you could boil that water, pour that into a pot, and then pour the pasta in that pot, but it seems as though you're adding like six extra steps. Right. If it's not pasta, uh, like I say, if it's liquid and it's hot, it better have noodles in it. That's my motto. Right. So thanks everyone again for all of your purchases through the Amazon click-through. Todd, do we have any art attacks this week? Do we? Um, from Rebecca's art, Rebecca playing around with drawing hair. And I don't know why. I, I've never seen it, but I'm getting a very, like, ring vibe from this. But I could be wrong. You know what I mean? But definitely getting some hair down with it, with this. Yep. Uh, again, uh, whether you're talking uh, the ring, whether you're talking, say, Uzumaki, a little bit more off the beaten path. Uh, love the design of the sash on the kimono. Love that you could see those those pen strokes, those pencil strokes through the hair. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful piece of art. Love it. 
Yep. From Fred Chamberlain, he sent in, finally picked up a sweet John Buscema page to replace the one I gave to a friend years ago. I figured out it was the appropriate time to spoil myself and get an upgrade. Uh, Jansen inks are a nice touch, too. And it's a Tarzan page, and that's a gorgeous page. I'm a big fan of, like, those old, like, adventure comics, Conan, Tarzan, like the DC, you know, war ones and stuff like that. That's really, that's, that, that is a nice page. And if you're just giving out pages, Fred, like, you know, you know where I live, like, send me. I was going to say the same thing. That's what, that's on you for giving pages away to people, Fred. That's right. So like, Hey, if not, if you don't want to send them directly to my house, send them to the shop, they'll get to me. Um, also our good buddy DJ sent in this. He's very excited, excited. It's from Eric Powell from goon. It's a goon page. I've never read uh, any goon. Uh, the bassist is always trying to get me to read it. Um, but I do like the thirsty saddle. And that seems like a place we would have drank at DJ's bachelor party. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Uh, I like this page a lot. Again, much similar to the John Buscema page where you see that it's actual art on an actual page and you could still see like the bits of Eric Powell, like doing the hand lettering. Right. I miss lettering on, on art. That's all gone due uh-huh. to digital lettering, man. We'll never see that again. The only thing about lettering though, is the word balloons do like I've seen word like missing on pages because the glue has dried up and stuff like that but i do miss you know that's like a lost art as far as i'm concerned Uh um and also mike uh mclarty sent in he said he's not sure if he shared this dan parent archie version of the trans trans metropolitan crew and there's spider with his two filthy assistants um and even the bassist said he's going to steal this idea the next time dan parent is in the comic shop because he stops in every now and then but i do like that that's a nice archie take on uh on the, the transmit crew. I'm, I know Mike has uh, shared stuff with us before where he has spider Jerusalem done by all these different artists. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, you know, an artist like Dan parent or someone who has such a very unique or distinct style to have them do characters or sketches that they would typically never do. Mm-hmm. I do a, like, like that's a good idea for like a sketchbook or a collection or something as well. That's kind of what I was doing with Jonah with character, like people who've drawn them, but then like, Hey, you've never done Jonah. Let's see what yours would look like. And boy, that's a crapshoot sometimes. Joe. Right. And so that, and that's the thing you roll the dice sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and finally me sending in Dr. Light two by Kevin McGuire. She was never in costume in any of the issues just on the first cover and quit in the first few pages of issue four still because she was on that cover. I had to get a head sketch of her, uh, a beautiful Dr. Light uh, piece. Uh, one of the last few that I was owed, and I'm slowly uh, parsing them out uh, till the end of the year. And then that'll be the last of my Kevin artwork stuff until I get more. Right, Joe? Uh, let's uh, let's talk about that in 2021, huh? Okay. All right. But no, that's a very nice piece as well. And you forget how little Dr. Light is in that book. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- there's got to be a story there. I, I, I honestly, I agree. Um, because she's in the first issue, she shows up. Um, she's at the UN where the terrorists attack, and she has the 
the the JLA like button that could bring people, and they're like, we don't even know who ha- that is, and that's how you find out Max Lord is just handing them out to people he wants on the team. Mm-hmm. She goes that she's in that first issue. She goes to Russia for issue two and three, comes back and finds out from Maxwell Lord that she was never on the team. He just put her on somehow, and she quits, and that's when he brings in Booster and he joins up. And I just have a feeling like you're right. Like they're like Captain Marvel was around and he left in two more issues. And then Black Canary left after a couple more issues because they went to the Vertigo Green Arrow book and they didn't want to have the Bwahaha alongside a very adult take on Black Canary. Like the characters coming and going like, and the one I've never asked about is Black Canary. That one just, like I said, she just shows up in a, in a regular street clothes dress kind of a deal and then quits, never puts the costume on. So like, I don't know. Next time I see Jam or Salty Keith, I'm sure he'll love to answer questions about Justice League International from 30 years ago, Joe. How much of your new... Uh, hey, listen, I've been, I was buying Inferior 5. Can you just answer this question for me? <laughs> Where were you with Inferior... I was buying it. I'm waiting for the last issue. I'm waiting for 7 through 12 at least, but I'll just take 6, you know? Ugh. All right, so I think that covers everything before we get into Mandalorian discussion, eh? Well, one more thing before we get into Mandalorian about TV talk. Joe, do you know that there's going to be a Doctor Who special on New Year's Day this year? What's so special about Doctor Who, Todd? Everything special about Doctor Who. So you you get to see some some Doctor Who that you've been missing for, I don't know, a little over a year now. Well, I wouldn't say I've been missing it. Oh, uh, with every shot so far. Uh, is this, uh, do we know what this is about? Or is this one of those like secret things where we'll find out what it's about when we find out what it's about? Well, basically see, cause you remember so well, the last that we saw of the doctor was she was in jail for, by those, uh, by those maybe time Lord people and the rhinos, she was put in jail for that. So the crew of the TARDIS is looking for her, but while they're looking for her, Maybe the Daleks show up, Joe. Oh, I do. I do like me some Blorgons. <laughs> okay, so yes. and maybe some guest stars. Who knows? We'll see. All right. I'll let you know when it's out, Joe. Don't you? Yeah, know? you'll have to remind. Well, you said it was New Year's Day. It's on, but then there's a time difference because it airs over in the UK before it airs here, right? Right, but it's only a couple hours, so it'll be whatever the first is that night. So. Don't worry, we'll get you caught up. I know you you can't wait to see it. Well, I have no choice but to wait to see it because it's not on yet. True, true. So now we can get to spoiler-filled talk of The Mandalorian. All right. Uh, Hey, this was Longbox Heroes episode 532. Thanks for listening. We're going to take a pause. And we're going to talk about The Mandalorian. Spoilers and whatnots. So everyone really liked this episode of Mandalorian. Yeah. Directed you- by uh, Robert Rodriguez. Oh, and I want to make a, pre- I want to preface this here. I can't speak for Todd, but I'm going to speak for myself and say, I'm no longer going to attempt to pronounce these alien people's names. Okay. Because I do it very poorly, and I feel as though me doing this poorly detracts from what we're actually discussing on the show. Mm-hmm. And then you get called out on Twitter. Ah, 
and I don't got I don't got no problem in being called out on Twitter, but I I have a feeling as though, and I got no problem in calling uh, Rosario Dawson's co- character Oshkosh Bagosh, mm-hmm. and I got no problem calling Grogu Baby Yoda because Mama named him Baby Yoda. I'm gonna call him Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I'm just gonna say like, oh, that guy and this girl, and you know the one, right? Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm the same way. If I know a name, I'll say it. If I don't, then what are you going to do? Yeah. Because there may be one or one name during this that I do know. Yeah, there might be one. Mm-hmm. So uh, Mando brings Baby Yoda to Tython, brings him to the ruins of the Jedi Temple, and tries to get him to form some sort of connection, right? Mm-hmm. And he's trying, trying, trying. No connection being made. And then all of a sudden... Baby Yoda's like meditating inside of a blue thing, blue aura around him. Shows he's good because blue is like the side of good, right? Right, sure, why not? Unless it's and, electricity. And Mando foolishly like tries to jump head first in there to grab him like several times. Mm-hmm. Even I knew him like, okay, I'm not getting through this. Maybe I'll try once, but I won't try several times. Mm-hmm. I know your your mission is to protect Baby Yoda at all costs, but I don't know. Stop diving at first into the blue aura. Right. Well, he was only doing that because a ship showed up, Joe. Mm, that's right. And it was a very familiar ship. Right. It, it was like the a slave one. Mm-hmm. And it was piloted by Ming-Na Wen. I don't know what her character's name is. And actual shoot Boba Fett. Right. But as I say, Boba Fett, more like Boba Fat. Oh, boy. <laughs> Go ahead. So they strike up a deal where they kind of re- relay to each other, Mando and Boba Fett, their origins to each other. Ma- Boba Fett is looking for his armor. Makes his case for why he deserves his armor back. Mando, Mando agrees with him. Just as the Imperial troopers are landing. Uh, and they're sending out stormtrooper after stormtrooper. I did like the bits of Boba Fett using one of the Tusken Raider staffs. A gaffy stick, Joe. A, ga- a gaffy stick. To mm-hmm. just straight up smash fools heads with it. That was really cool. <laughs> Right. The most useless thing on the in the world is an unloaded gun and or stormtrooper armor. It seemed as though it was made of porcelain. Right. The way it was shattering. Mm-hmm. And then another ship shows up. And then uh Moff Gideon, and maybe I'm a dope, and I it took like I meant to mention this like a week or two ago, but uh Moff Gideon is played by the same guy who plays the head of Vaughn Industries on the boys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I like I don't like I realized that it was the same guy, but I'm like, hey, it's the same guy, like two weeks ago. Right. And I just want to say about the Stormtrooper armor, the only thing that it will stop is the Stormtroopers living. That's the only thing. But, yes, um, I do want to say, though, I don't think uh, Boba Fett uh, and Mando agreed early on. It was after the battle that they agreed that he should keep the armor. But uh, I will say this. um, He... In the sh- in the the stalemate, the Mexican standoff, whatever you want to call it, where like he's like, okay, uh, Mando, t- uh, where Boba Fett says, take off the jetpack and we'll talk. Everybody put down their guns, but you take off. I was like, I hated that. 
I literally hated that because that was no other reason than for later on him not being able to fly. And at no point in this episode while they're fighting, does he go like pick up the jetpack? Um, and I get it. Like you're running around, you're fighting, but you figure that would be like his biggest advantage to have is the jetpack. And then I didn't go back and watch it myself, but they say when he goes to, to the, the plant, whatever planet it is with, uh, Carl, uh, Carl Weathers and, uh, that he goes to see Kara, that, 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 that woman that he's not wearing it then. So, which he wears everywhere. I'm like, did he not pick it up after that? I don't know. There's a lot with the jetpack that upsets me. Um, but like, I really like the episode of the fighting, like uh, Rodriguez knows how to do an action sequence beyond, you know, anything. So I was, I, I, I really like this episode. Uh, oh, and then we, and then, um, you know, Moff Gideon and his crew, like, this is all a distraction. They get baby Yoda and they spirit him away. Right. And they blow up the razor crest. Right. And the razor crest just after just got fixed up like an episode, uh, episode or two ago. It's blown to smithereens. Right. And not just, like you said, when it's smithereens, like, there was no debris. Like, you, like in, in the thought of, like, oh, they'll rebuild the Razor Crest. You're like, no, there's a crater and a Beskar staff, and that's it. And I was like, okay. But I just want to say, Joe, to all you fools who think Boba Fett has gone face, you're crazy. You're crazy. I don't know how, like, I, I get that they want to make, like, you know, because he's a popular character and you can make a TV show about him. But there are so many holes in his story that I don't understand. Like, he doesn't even tell his whole story. If he wanted the armor, Joe, why didn't he go get it when he was on Tatooine, where it was? Why follow it to uh, Darth Cutius and, and, and the Mandalorian and all this stuff. So he's got, he's got something completely else up his screen sleep. Every time we've seen him, he's been a jerk and a terrible person, but now because they make him look great in a fight, um, which doesn't work for me because I'll always remember return of the Jedi. So you new kids, you get to get a cool, awesome Boba Fett, but this wasn't enough to, to change my perception of him even though it was really, really awesome. I just don't see him telling the truth. I don't see him helping uh, Mando for anything. There's something that he's up his sleeve that he wants to do. You make a very good point. And uh, the action scene was cool, but I just liked this episode. Maybe um, I'm kind of over Boba Fett being a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, in the t the season and two thirds that we've got of Mandalorian, I think Mandalorian's already proven himself to be cooler than Boba Fett's ever been. Exactly. And now to retrofit him into this as like he's even cooler than Mando. I don't know. Right. I saw the way that uh, that armor was. Uh, he was testing the tensile strength <laughs> of that armor when he put it on. Like sausage in a casing, but uh. And, and listen, now I'm no slender reed myself. Me but either. But I do want to say I think I know what's what he's after. Okay, he wants that dark saber, like like uh, Katie Sackoff wants it, because that's like some core kind of like Mandalorian uh, uh, artifact. And I think Boba Fett wants the sword. He's like, if I follow these guys around, they'll get me to Moff Gideon, 
and I can get my sword and I can become, I don't know. It's like, is it something like Excalibur? I think you become King of the Mandalorians if you pull it from the stone. So that's my take on it. Right. And we get the bit where, uh, baby Yoda's on the Imperial, uh, star destroyer. Moff Gideon goes in there and kind of taunts him with the dark saber. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, no, you're not ready for this yet. And then like tranks him, stuns him, puts him in shackles. And they got bad. I, they got bad intentions planned for poor Baby Yoda. I'm sure. Right, but man, Darth Cutius just choking out stormtroopers. Man, fantastic. You can call him Baby Yoda. I know his real name. Don't you worry. <laughs> well, they told us in the past that every Sith has like there's always two. You know. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen who uh, Moff Gideon. We don't even know. If, well, Moff Gideon has the lightsaber. We don't know how force sensitive he is himself. I we think don't he know just if has. there's like some other dark Jedi somewhere around, or if he's going to go deliver him to uh, Palpatine or whatever. Right. Yeah, that is true. Like, or I don't know. Maybe they're still trying to clone Palpatine. We'll see. I'm confused on what's going on, but I'm I'm loving. It. And it was probably the shortest episode of the Mandalorian. They were saying, but didn't feel like it because it was. No. It was, you know, it was all there. I was like, when it was, I felt like that was the amount of time they needed to tell that, that, that story. Right. And that's something that we've discussed here before with a lot of these, um, you know, streaming shows where if an episode needs to be 40 minutes, it's 40 minutes. If it needs to be 28 minutes, it's 28 minutes. If it needs to be 60 minutes to tell the story, it is what it is to tell the story. They're not, I feel as though they're not putting padding in there or not telling all of the story that we need to. And again, I like this episode, but I don't think I liked it as much as everyone else did. And listen, I like Boba Fett very much. I just don't like him as much as everyone else does, I think. Right. And I'm actually anti-Boba Fett. So, um, oh, okay. like I said, all the time, I always thought, like, that in the holiday special, he looked cool. That Because we're going to get our first look of the new character in that god-awful holiday special. But then it was like, Empire? All right. The, 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 the coolest thing that he did was was hide with the garbage. Uh, when when the Falcon hid with the garbage, he knew the ploy. That's the one thing that he did. And then everything after that was, you know, loser Boba Fett. So I, I never got it. Other than he looked kind of cool in the armor. But that old joke of him getting taken out by a blind guy, you know, that's the way I'll always see him. And then getting eaten by a monster that can't move. So, I mean, like, I don't know what to tell you. They're doing a lot of retconning. He, the character needs a lot of rehabilitation. He needs a fresh coat of paint on that armor. Oh, there you go. Like I said, I liked it. Just, you know, not the best. Right. Weakest episode of the season so far. Let's say that. Uh, Story-wise, okay. Action-wise, no. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's, I think the action did help it raise it up a bit, you know? And they finally, uh, a few episodes ago, d- uh, removed that guy drinking a coffee digitally. So we don't have to worry about that anymore if you go back and watch it. Oh, they did? Yeah, they put out a statement like, we've removed him digitally. So you never have to worry about that again. And all the <laughs> publicity that we got was worth every penny. Yeah, because this, this, this little show that could really needed some extra help to get over that hump to get more people to watch it, you know? Exactly, exactly. This small franchise that's barely chugging along. That's right. This mom and pop store putting up the Mandalorian. That's right. 
All right. So anyway, thank you very much uh, for listening to the complete episode uh, 532 Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying thanks for listening, and we'll see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Boop! You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.